0: Welcome to Western Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. In part two of our series, Heaven on Earth, and last week we said one of the names of God is Emmanuel god with us. And little did we know that in the span of, you know, from last Sunday to today, that there would be two deaths, uh, and and people needing to hear that, no, I know this is hard, but God is with us, even as we walk through these moments of life that are very difficult. So last week, that's what we kind of talked through, how God through Jesus is Emmanuel, our God with us. And it reminded us the importance of heaven coming to earth. I have a question for you. If if there's a bit of creative space in your brain this morning, some of you are like, Pastor, I didn't have a coffee yet. Um, So work with me, though. I'm pretty sure we can come to an agreement on this. If you've ever tried to envision heaven or imagine what heaven might look like. Can we put that first picture up? Maybe this is kind of what you envision, what you think about in your head. It's this glorious looking place. Uh, Maybe you think about the grandeur or the splendor of heaven, or maybe the pearly gates or the streets of gold. Uh, The Revelation 21.21 gives us that description. It's pure streets of pure gold that were so shiny, it looked clear. But John 14, verse 2 it says, Jesus said, In my father's house are many mansions. So maybe you're like, The streets of gold are great, but I'm going to finally have my mansion in heaven. Right? I don't know what you envision, but maybe it's something like this. But the reality of heaven coming to earth looks a lot different. And in fact, it probably looks more like this. It's a little hard to see, maybe, but if we could imagine, what the stable would have looked like, dusty and brown. The feeding trough, for not for kings, for animals. And this is how God chose for heaven to come to earth. We like the glory and the splendor part, and God could have easily done it that way. He could have, with royal fanfare and everything... Here's my son, da, da 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 the carpet rolls down, the limo shows up, and he walks straight out, and, and he is like, I'm here, I'm the Savior, check me out. That's not how the Christmas story goes. We, if you've been in church or you know a little bit about what the Bible says about Jesus being born in a manger, away oh, in a manger. I remember singing that as a little kid before I even understood what it meant But it looked a lot like this. It wasn't a huge grand entrance. It was a humble one. Heaven coming to earth. As beautiful as that first picture might be, we have to understand and embrace the fact that at Christmas we're celebrating and remembering that He left it all to come down. And the question then is why? Why would God do that for us? so we can live in the reality of heaven on earth that we can live in the reality of heaven not later but now on earth and this is the reason why god sent his son see today we're going to we're going to look at this aspect where god is actually for us not against us i don't know what you're experiences in faith or religion but today I want to remind you that God came for relationship that's the important thing to remember and that he's for us not against us so heaven on earth part 2 God is for us if you have your bible would you stand with me if you're able to and we'll turn to Luke chapter 2 Luke chapter 2 Luke chapter 2. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. We'll have it on the screen behind me as well. Let me just give you a bit of context as we get to this. So in the Roman Empire, there's a census that was called, and um, everyone had to return to their ancestral place. And so Mary and Joseph are making their way now to Bethlehem, and we're going to pick it up In verse 6. So here's what it says. Luke 2 verse 6. And while they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. And she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. And here's the reason why. Because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Lying in a manger. Verse 13. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Would you bow your head and pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your word. Father, I thank you that the scripture records... The, the entry of heaven coming to earth. And Father, I, I thank you that today it relates to each and every one of us. Help us to see what you want us to see in your word and to hear what your spirit is saying to us today. We thank you, God. Now I ask for your anointing upon me as I uh, preach your word. I ask for your anointing upon my mind, my lips, and my heart that I might speak your word in the way you want it communicated to every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. In verses 6 and 7, we see how Christ came into this world not with the fanfare of a king, but, but that of humility, one of humility. And the, the idea that there was no lodging, there was no room. Uh, some translations might say there was no room in the inn. However your Bible says it, think about that thought. God was sending His Son for a specific reason, and yet the world had no room to receive Mary and Joseph for his entry. Think about it. Think about it. We just announced the birth of a baby. You know, maybe you, you wait a couple of hours, get a room. Is it private? Is it a shared room? However that works here, the comfort of it, I mean, ladies, I know it's not comfortable, so go easy on me. Flow with me for a second, right? But, but the ease of the process, right? Today is much different than it would have been back then. The journey alone, riding on the donkey, uh, you know, with Joseph uh, bringing Mary, must have been uncomfortable to begin with. They get there and it's like, oh, it's time for this baby to come. There's no room. There's no room. Why would God do it that way? Why would God have it that way? Well, we're going to find out today. Why that's important? Because it relates to you and to me. So, in the Old Testament, there are some 44 messianic prophecies about this special baby. And you're telling me there's no room in the inn? Yes, there's no room. Prophecies from the Old Testament telling about this special baby, this this moment in time, but there's no room. But there's no room. But God has a plan, and God has a reason. I believe God did it this way to prove to us that it doesn't matter how and where you start in life. It doesn't matter how or where you start in life. I know people who lived their whole life with this one crutch. Oh, but you had it different than me. Maybe I did, but who cares how you start? It doesn't matter how we got started, rich or poor, uh, parents, no parents. What, what I've learned in life is every decision that is in front of me is my choice. It's my choice. Some of you made the decision to come to church. You're, that's wrong. All of you made the decision to come to church, right? Right? Or else you wouldn't be standing. Maybe some of you had the decision made for you. If you're younger, you live under the authority of your parents, perhaps. Good on you, parents, for bringing your kids to church. But but listen to this. Everything that's in front of me in my life is my choice. Am I going to go this way or do I go this way? It's my choice. Am I going to put my foot over these cords or am I going to choose to turn and walk to this side of the platform? my choice. But listen, the important thing is that we have a choice to make today. And you've come not by accident, maybe by choice, you're here, but I believe by divine appointment. God wanted us to be gathered on this specific day, in this specific building, for this specific hour, for this specific moment. And I believe heaven has a purpose. Why you're here? And, and why you need to hear this message. So God is reminding us in verses 6 and 7. It doesn't matter how you start or where you're from. And where you get your start. See it was a humble beginning for Jesus that led to huge purpose in his life. You know Easter, there was one of the comments in the skit. It's like, man, I'll save that one for, for, for Easter. You see, to understand... You can't have the cross without Christmas. You can't have Easter celebration, Resurrection Sunday, without God sending someone from heaven for you and for me. And the Bible describes it that He put on flesh and dwelt among us. He put on flesh and dwelt among us. That means he became exactly like you and me. But the Bible says this about Jesus. He, he lived his life, but he didn't sin. And so he came as the lamb at Christmas. But on, in, on Resurrection Sunday, he rose as the lion. Right? Humbly, he came as the lamb. But that wasn't how it was. That was just the beginning. That was just how it got started. But he left as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And you see, I know you have a crutch, maybe you have an excuse, and you have a story about your life and why you are the way you are today, and I I get that. I get it. A lot of us, we're, we're a culmination of all of our experience in life and what life has handed to us. That's awesome. That's great. I get it. We all get it now. But what's in front of you is still your choice. What's in front of you is still your choice. And my fear is that many people just live all of life in this one area of, but this is what's been dealt to me, and this is my hand, and this is where I'm at, and this is where I'm going to stay. But I believe God has gifted us and equipped us and made us for so much more. Now we have to choose today to acknowledge where we've come from, but to say this is not where it ends, this is where it starts for me. And today I make a choice, that I'm going to follow what God has for my life. And that's the important thing you have to remember. As long as you yield your life to God, He will allow His perfect plan and purpose to prevail in your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, we love to quote it, but I believe with all of my heart that God's plan for you is good. That He has a purpose and a hope and a future that He's ready to give you. But you've got to yield your life to him enable, to enable yourself to receive it. So even if you're at the start today and it doesn't look like it or it doesn't look like much, know that God is for you. Heaven on earth, God is for you. And why is it important to grasp? Because small beginnings don't determine future success. Small beginnings don't determine future success. Think about the life of Jesus. Sorry, there's no room. There is this area here where the animals eat. I mean, it's better than nothing, I guess. Small beginnings don't determine future success, and the same is true in your life. So not only was there no room for the birth of the Savior of the world, but the announcement of his birth was made to a a group of despised people. I don't know if you, you understand that yet. Yeah, we're going to unpack that in a moment. But the announcement of his arrival was made to a group of despised people. Think about the shepherds in our story. You can find them starting at verse 8. But the announcement itself was magnificent and heavenly, no doubt. It wasn't an ordinary thing. It may have been an ordinary night for the shepherds, but the announcement was extraordinary. For you see, the angel appeared to the shepherds. For them, it, it they didn't expect it because the Bible says in verse nine, "Suddenly, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared." And what's important to understand is. That this announcement is magnificent and it's angelic, literally, and it's heavenly, but its audience was a far cry from being worthy of that kind of announcement. Because you would think that if God's about to send his best, he's going to tell the people with high rank and status first. But I think that's an earthly mentality that we have adopted. You see, as believers, we are called to live with a a perspective from heaven to earth, not from earth to heaven. And it's important to understand this, that We would probably say, well, who are the people that I should let know? The people of prominence, perhaps. The people with status. The people who are are with the the important people that that know how to roll, right? So now they'll hear this message. That's how we think. God said, you know what? I'm going to choose to announce this to the lowly shepherds. There's a reason why they're called lowly. Because they were smelly. They were despised. They were kind of like, here's us, and then there's the shepherd. Think about the story of David in the Old Testament when Samuel shows up to his house to anoint him as king. Seven sons are all there in the house, and then Samuel goes through each and every one of them, and he says, is there anyone else? Because God hasn't told me that it's any of you yet. I go, oh, there, there's David. He's the shepherd. He's out with the sheep, though. Him? Him? You want me to call him? And and then God clearly says in that story that he doesn't look at the outward appearance, he looks at the heart. That's an important lesson and a message for another day. But God chose to use shepherds who were despised. And they also smelled, by the way. And so this announcement was unexpected. Verse 9 tells us the angel of the Lord appeared. There's the radiance of the Lord's glory that surrounded them. And this is only the second time in all of Scripture, the whole Bible, that a group of angels is gathered. And where one angel appeared and had appeared to people, proving that they had a very important message to give them. So the other example is in 2 Kings chapter 6, the story of Elisha, where he prays that God opened the eyes of my servant, and they see like the host of heaven's armies, the angel armies, all around to protect them. That's the only other place in our story to the shepherds. And you know what? What's the big deal? Why am I taking time to explain all of this? Because the announcement was significant. That's what it's telling us, that God would go through all of this to let all the angels show up and sing in the the heavens. I wish I could have seen that. I wish I could have been in the field with the shepherds, not for the smell, but for the sight, to behold and to hear. What does the sound of heaven coming to earth sound like when these angels were singing? You know what they sang? This is what they sang in verse 14. Glory to God in highest heaven. And peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. You see, through the birth of Jesus, God was getting ready to reconcile you and me back to Him. Sinful man, holy God. They don't connect. It's like trying to plug something. You know, I I went to visit my sister in Australia. None of my adapters or iPhone plugs work uh, because they're all different. She's like, oh, here, these are for the Canadian visitors. You can use these ones. And, And then it works, right? Well, sinful man, holy God, doesn't really happen because sin separates us from God. And that didn't please God. God said, I have to fix what is broken in this relationship. And what did he do? He sent his son. And I want you to know that that's proof enough that God is for you. God is for us. So much so that he would send heaven down to earth. So number one, through through Jesus. Number two, through the shepherds. We see that God is for us. He said in verse 10, don't be afraid. I bring you good news and tidings of great joy. You want to receive the joy of heaven on earth? Yield your life to Christ. Give him everything. And you'll have joy on the inside that the world can never take away. That no experience or circumstance will ever rob. You know why? Happiness is fleeting it comes and it goes you get a new gadget you get christmas presents matt calabres you wanted to open a box you can take it it's empty actually right but you're happy for one moment then you're like mom i need a new phone because the new one came out i need a new one for christmas please 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 a new a new ipad a new whatever right but but happiness is fleeting it comes and then it goes but the joy of the lord is very different you know why Because come hell or high water, the joy of the Lord is the constant in my life. He sent his son that I might have joy. And so even for the families that are mourning, when my mom passed away, yes, it's hard. Yes, I cried. Absolutely. But you know what? The joy of the Lord is my strength as well. And through those seasons, you realize, wow, happiness is not where it's at. Joy is. That's what makes a difference. It's not dependent on my circumstances. It's dependent on my relationship with Christ. And that's the important thing. And so to the shepherds, this is what was brought to them. Tidings of great joy. They're saying, listen, there's a Savior's been born, and this is how you can go and find him. The manger and, and the cloth was, was the marker for them. Because Jerusalem, Bethlehem was a busy time. Because there's the census. A lot of people are returning. There's a lot of stuff going on. Hey, there's no room in the inn. So they're, they're now with the animal in this feeding trough. This is the manger where they would put the baby. So that was the sign. Three times in our text, it talks about, and you will see this baby lying in the manger. And you will see the baby li- So they were looking. Where's this feeding trough for animals? Okay, this is the one that the angels told us about. You know what's amazing? When they go there, they see Mary Joseph. They see the baby in the manger. When they leave, what happened to them, their experience, what they saw, what they witnessed, they couldn't keep it to themselves. When, when you get a taste of heaven on earth through Jesus Christ alone, you can't help but open up your mouth and speak. And this is an incredible thing that happens to to believers. You see, we cannot lose the joy. We cannot lose the flame that God has put here. Maybe you grew up in church, and and maybe you're just going through the motions. I'm happy you're still here. Don't get me wrong. But that's why I think there's that verse, you know, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Why? Because it's costly. It's the free gift of God is eternal life, but it costs him everything heaven on earth and the shepherds in verse 17 begin to tell everyone they go and they tell everyone and when you experience the reality of heaven on earth your life is marked and you are never the same again and so God chose to use the smelly despised people called shepherds to announce this good news, because they went around and they, everyone they met, they started telling people. And then the third group of people, we talked about Jesus, the shepherds. The third group is you and me today. God is for us. God is for us. It's pretty quiet in the room, but it's okay. Let the words sink in. Let the phrase sink in. God is for you. God is. Is for you I'm gonna say it one more time God is for you listen I'm excited about it but I'm not convinced you are you know last night I was cheering for the, my Habs the Montreal Canadiens and uh, when they they were losing but they won the game and then they ended up winning 5-2 I was fist pumping in my kitchen I didn't care I was just like yes yes what a goal and I was excited when, when you understand that heaven is for you, come on, we have to get more excited than just a hockey game. God went to great lengths to send his son, Jesus, for you and for me. I'm excited about that good news today. What started as a humble beginning now culminates into a worldwide significance with you and with me. In Luke chapter 2, verse 32, we didn't really read it. But here's another prophecy. Speaking of Jesus, He is a light to reveal God to the nations. Not now just Israel or the people around there, but to the nations. And He is the glory of your people, Israel. And this is what God has done for you and for me. If you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to turn to Philippians chapter 2. And here's how we're going to wrap up This morning's message. Philippians chapter 2. In verse 6, it says this. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So, though he was God. Who? Jesus. Though he was God, he didn't think of it as something to cling to meaning he was, he was okay, he was willing to give it up. Verse 7, instead he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. There's the yielding of your life, humility. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross, therefore, therefore what? When you see therefore, you, ha- you have to ask, why is it therefore? So he humbled himself. He didn't cling to his rights. But then he even submitted himself to even death, a criminal's death on the cross. So therefore, because of those two things, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, small beginnings don't determine future success. You know what does? Yielding your life to Christ. Yielding your life to Christ. And I wouldn't put it past us in the room today that just maybe this is your moment of humble beginnings where you understand heaven has come to earth through the Son, Jesus. But we have a choice to make. What What do we do with that knowledge? What do we do with that understanding? Why? Because it changed the shepherds. They weren't the same. They, they left and they had to go tell something special happened. They saw something they'd never see before. Maybe it was the angels, but it was much more than that. It was the manger. It was the baby in the manger. And they understood that God divinely allowed us to see a glimmer of the future, a glimpse of the future. Because he said, this baby in the manger is going to be the savior of the world. Listen, We are living in 2018 today. We have the recorded word. We don't, you know, we're not going to see another baby in a manger quite like this one. But we do have the opportunity to say yes and have a personal experience. Just something similar to the shepherds had. But it's our choice. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet today. And I want to tell you something That has the power to change the course of your life. You might be in this room this morning and maybe you've just been living for yourself. Maybe every decision you've made has only been about you. I want you to know that God has a specific plan and a purpose for your life. But you can only understand it when you allow God to show you that plan. When you yield your life to Him. It doesn't matter where you got your beginning or what start you had. But today, as you give your life to Christ, everything is made new. And that's what He has done for you and for me. And so how do we do it? We want to confess. I want to read you what it says in Romans. I think we have the verse on the screen. If you can just put it up. Romans 10.10. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. Remember, God wants to fix the broken relationship, and sin separates us from God and breaks the relationship. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Openly declaring your faith. How do you openly declare? With your mouth. So we believe in our heart, and then it comes out of our mouth, and we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we're gonna pray, and I'm gonna invite everyone in the room to openly declare our faith in Jesus Christ together. So would you join me as we pray? And uh, we're gonna repeat after me with a loud voice today Heavenly Father, Father. we we thank you today for sending Jesus for sending heaven to earth for me. I thank you that you are for me and not against me. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins so that I can experience new life. I give you my life. I give you my past, my present And my future, it's with my mouth I confess, and in my heart I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Come live inside of me and help me with every new decision I make to honor you and to walk in the fullness you have for my life. Thank you that your plans are good, and you have a good future for me. I receive it now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we rejoice together today? Thank you so much for listening to our Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear it please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.